The players make the first move toward an agreement. What that means for you and me as fans and what sort of things we'd like to see, Steve and myself, in the CBA. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Reds podcast. Let's get started. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms where you can get your podcast, including YouTube. And for our audio-only listeners, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please head on over there, click that subscribe button. There is some content coming there that you're only going to be able to find on YouTube, and you're not going to want to miss it once we get out of this lockout. Uh, it's going to be some exciting stuff over there. I am Stephen Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr, and we are the Reds fans with a passion for this team that have turned that passion into information for you. Uh, we are here every single day to bring you as much Reds content and information as we can find. And on today's podcast, uh, we have some kind of exciting news, I think, Jeff, in that uh, the players and the owners met today, and they actually talked for a little while and the players presented a counter proposal from last week's uh, initial opening offer from the owners, and they've agreed to meet again tomorrow. I think uh, I think talks are actually underway, Jeff. Yeah, Steve, this is encouraging to see, at least from my perspective. And I know that I'm a little bit more optimistic than some. And there, there were some tweets that Jeff Passan said that, like, okay, everybody pump your brakes. Don't go crazy just yet. But I think that this is the first real step. This is actual progress. The The thing that we were talking about last week, whenever the owners made their counterproposal, was, well, at least they're talking. Today, they really did some key things. The Players Association officially rescinded one of their three big things. There were three big sticking points that were in that first proposal from the Players Association that the owners said they will not budge on. And the thing that they completely rescinded from that proposal was the idea of a shortened period to get to free agency. Now we're talking about a period that currently is six years. They would have made it five years for a player that reached 30 and a half years. And then eventually it would turn into a player who was 29 and a half years old. If they had five years of service time by that point, they'd make the free agency. I know, I know, I know. Everybody's falling asleep right now with all this. Here's the big point of this. They have made the first move. And for everybody out there that is going, oh, the players are just being a bunch of greedy, bunch of greedy little babies and things like that stop it it's done that's not the case anymore they are the first play they are the first group to make a move in this negotiation they want to play baseball they want to get back on the field they were locked out by the owners they're not making a choice to not be on the field right now the owners locked them out and they are saying you know what we understand we don't want the season to get postponed here's an olive branch bravo players you hit a really big point right there, Jeff, also in that that narrative that was out there and that has been out there that the players are greedy. The players are trying to take all the money. Those poor owners can only afford to lease their private jets now instead of buy them outright. You know, the fact of the matter is one of the other things the players did in this meeting today was they dialed back what they're asking for in revenue sharing. Yep. So I, I think, I mean, so 
you know, the players deserve to get paid. They're generating billions and billions of dollars. And I'm not saying that the owners who, who have not, who have put up uh, a significant amount of money and taken the financial risk to actually, you know, purchase the team and, and, and make it possible to play the game. I'm not saying they shouldn't make money also, but there's a lot of money to go around. And the fact that the players have, have taken the lead in being willing to be reasonable I mean, I think that's the key. The key is, you know, at the end of the day, stop being a big baby and and find some common ground and and don't don't cut your nose off despite your face and 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 get this thing done. And I'm I'm excited that not only the players did this, but they're coming back to the table tomorrow, and that Major League yes. Baseball is coming back to the table tomorrow, or, or which would be today. They're yeah. coming back to the they're coming back today. So. Uh, it's 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 it, by I am not saying that we're going to be with an emergency podcast tomorrow announcing a deal. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I, I think that this is where the ice breaks and this is where some real gains can be made uh, on both sides to really get us where we need to be so that baseball starts on time. We're certainly moving a lot closer to what you had initially said, that you think by Valentine's Day they would really have something on the table for this season to begin. I said Groundhog's Day. I don't think they're going to move fast enough to hit that date, but I definitely believe that this made progress. I, I don't understand how you can look at this and say that the players are being greedy. Here's the other thing. The other reason why I don't understand people siding with owners over players it is the idea of the working man. Now, people are going to say, well, Jeff, does, you know, Bryce Harper gets paid like a hundred grand every time he steps into the batter's box. I don't get paid a hundred grand a year. This is not the issue. They're playing with a different pot. The owners, their earnings, their money, their books are not public. Players' earnings are very public. We can tell exactly how much each and every player makes each and every year. If the owners were made public, I'm pretty sure everybody's eyes would just go, wow, why on earth did we ever support any sort of greedy ownership thing over the players in this instance? Because you're talking about an owner who makes in the billions that is paying Jonathan India less than a million dollars next year. Yes, Jonathan India is not going to make a million dollars next year. He was the rookie of the year. He is the future of this franchise. And yet, the f ownership group for the Cincinnati Reds continues to rake in the dough for a guy that they pay a very, very tiny amount of the pie in which they make out of the oven. I, I, I don't understand how you can side against the players in this regard. I, I think Major League Baseball owners for for generations now have done an outstanding job of painting the players as being the greedy bad guys. But the fact of the matter is the truth of this story really is that in these labor negotiations, if you want a way to try and, and bring it home to something that the everyday person might understand, you're talking about the major league baseball players being the workers at the Amazon warehouse and mm -hmm. the owners are Jeff Bezos. That's yep. really what we're looking at. It's, it's the same thing. So if you're picking the side of the owners in this labor dispute, you're also picking the side of Bezos versus the Amazon warehouse workers. I mean, it's the same, it's the same dynamic. It's the same relationship. It's the same division of money. It's a bigger pot of money, granted, that we're talking about here, but it's the same thing. And 
I just, for all of the things that Major League Baseball ownership group in the commissioner's office has done wrong, they have been very, very good for a very long time at controlling the narrative. Mm-hmm. And and it's why I like the players making this this early olive branch offer to at least come back to the table and pull some things back that they know the owners don't like because it helps to control that narrative. It helps them to to drive the ship as far as what's being put out to the public uh, as this negotiation unfolds. And, and kind of mentioning the thing about Jonathan India real fast is something that the players still have from their initial proposal that they did not budge on is the idea of decreasing the amount of time it takes a player to get to arbitration. They want it to only be two years. They want two years of minimum you know, rookie salaries, and then they go to arbitration and they start moving up the food chain when it comes to money. I don't think that's unreasonable, but that's the one thing they did not bend on. However, the union feels as though the the concessions that they've made is more than enough to continue these talks going. And obviously, that's the case because they're talking today. We're going to see if there's some more uh, progress made in that realm. Speaking of progress, Steve, we're going to talk here for just a moment about what we, you and I, want added to this CBA, some things that could help fix baseball. But before we talk about that, it's time to grab a built bar. When you uh, think of this New Year's time and the resolutions and all that stuff, you're talking about getting healthier. Built bar absolutely needs to be at the center of your plan because when it comes to getting healthier, you cannot outrun a bad diet. Built bar understands this. And you're going to get to a certain point in that diet where you're just going to be like, screw it, it ain't worth it. Give me some chocolate. Built Bar is made with 100% real chocolate, but it's going to fit right into your diet because the numbers are amazing. We're talking about an average of about 130 calories, up to 17, sometimes 18 grams of protein, low in sugar, low in carbs, and it's going to be a million in taste. Check them out today. They've got amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia. Coconut Brownie Chunk is a real winner. Plus, You've got stuff like mint brownie, a bunch of different peanut butter flavors, all the fruit flavors you can think of. Check them out at Built.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Stock up, beat your diet, and get healthier while also eating a bunch of chocolate. Yeah, that sounds like a pipe dream, but it's not at Built.com. And again, use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off of your next order of the amazingly delicious built bar play-by-play voice of the chattanooga lookouts larry ward will join the show tomorrow to talk all things lookouts the state of the reds farm system as well as his time broadcasting for the lookouts that spans more than 30 years. That's coming up. Steve and I will be talking with Larry Ward on tomorrow's show. You're not going to miss that. That's going to be right here on your favorite podcasting app as well as live on or not live, but on YouTube. You can watch us talk, not live, posted, recorded, subscribe to YouTube. We want you to watch us as well as listen to us. All right, Steve. Before uh, that I was off. super. That was super smooth, Jeff. Before oh, before yeah. we move on to this next segment, I just want to say about uh, some of these guests we've had over the last few weeks. Uh, getting these play by play guys from each level of the farm system has just been 
just absolutely amazing talking yeah, to, to to these guys at every level, looking at the players moving through and really helping to paint a picture of what's coming to Cincinnati. And it just every time we do it, I get excited because it really just gives us a lot of things to look forward to with this franchise and this organization of, of this great young baseball talent that's coming along. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking to Larry and I can't wait for everybody to get to hear it. We're kind of in a period of weird transition where it's like, yeah, we're probably looking more at prospects this year than we did last year. But we're also getting a lot of great reports from these guys and not just like the whole like, oh, yeah, totally. We got we got some good guys coming <clears throat> coming up through the system. Yeah, sure. They're good. Now, they are legitimately excited about the talent that we've got moving through the Reds farm system. All right. Let's talk about this because we've we've heard about some CBA proposals and some counter proposals and some concessions and all of this different stuff. At the end of the day, we as fans want to see a better product. That's all we care about. Like, I understand that really when we get down to the nitty gritty of how long it takes a player to get to free agency, that doesn't really move the needle while you're holding a Coney and a beer. We want to see a good product on the field. And we've got a couple of good ideas for that and i think that uh, you know they're not unique we're not saying something that's never been said before but hear us out because a salary cap and a salary floor are absolutely essential to doing a lot of different things namely getting rid of the idea that you can just pay a team 20 million dollars go out and lose 120 games and still be a viable franchise uh, I am so tired of, of the Pittsburgh Pirates song and dance that they've been pulling over there. I am tired of seeing things like what Baltimore has done over the last couple of years. And, and this helps eliminate that it. And, and, not only does it benefit the players because it gets them a bigger cut of the pie and it, it makes the teams pay them better and build out better teams, but it's just better competition all season long when, you know, the pirates aren't running out there, you know, fifth lowest guy from single A because their first three guys were also from double A, you know, it, it really does force everybody to, to elevate their game just a little bit. And, and I think that just helps the, the product of baseball overall and makes it more enjoyable to watch uh, when the Dodgers are playing the Pirates or when the Yankees are playing the Orioles. It, it will make for a more competitive game. I can understand that there are plenty of reservations from the player side of things with adding a salary cap, thinking that it's going to lead to lower salaries and things like that. But let's be honest here. There are some teams that are paying over $200 million for their team salary, and there's some other teams that are paying less than $50 million for their team salary. If you kind of bring those up a little bit, maybe you increase the parity. Hopefully you would increase the parity in the league and not just have, you know, series after series of, oh, it's the Orioles against the Yankees. I wonder what's going to happen here. You know, and, and every so often Baltimore sneaks up and actually beats New York, but that doesn't happen on a regular basis enough to really get anybody to worry about it. So I think that a salary cap is absolutely need. Plus, the owners already sort of imposed this own salary cap on them with the luxury tax threshold. Because it was interesting because Stacey Gatsoulias over at Lockdown Yankees was talking about this the other day. She said that in the mid-2000s, the Yankees payroll was slightly over $200 million, about $207 million. So it's gone up, right? Since then? Nah, stayed the same. Just a little over $200 million. 
And I get it. That's still way higher than the Reds payroll. That's still way higher than the Pirates or the Marlins or the Orioles or something like that. But you're not talking about a team that without a salary cap has just gone and spent $500 million. They've imposed their own salary cap for right now. It's just, it's kind of secret and it's special. And it's, it's, you know, this little thing over here in the corner that nobody talks about, but everybody knows it's there. Well, and, and the missing piece is then that floor. And I think, I think that the players talking about it and, and, and asking for it is correct. And I think yes. that, I think that, because of everything you just said, and you're, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what the luxury tax is pretty much. It's a salary cap for the most part. So I think the players, I think the players are obligated to, to fight that one till the very end. I think that will be maybe one of the last things to go. Um, They, they have to put on a show there, I think. But at the end of the day, if the floor is set high enough, it makes perfect sense for them to also accept a salary cap in that $200, $220 million range. I agree. And I think that that kind of controlling the finances a little bit, especially with the salary floor, helps out with the whole just disparity when it comes to there are some teams that tank and there are some teams that don't and different things like that. So I, I would love to see that. Secondly, and this is something that's coming. I don't know why anybody's opposed to it at this point because it's inevitable, but it's definitely something that if you were asking Steve or myself what we would put on this, it's a universal DH. Pretty self-explanatory. There's no need to consistently tell National League pitchers to run out there and bat. Most of them don't. Most of them stand in the batter's box and watch three pitches go by. Maybe they'll wave the bat at one or two of them, see if they get a hold of it, hit it over the wall. I get that there are the Mike Leakes of the world and the Carlos Zambranos of the world. And for Wade a, Miley would like a word. Yeah, for a more recent uh, more recent example, uh, Wade Miley or um, Brandon Woodruff's pretty good batter too. But for every one of those, there's Johnny Cueto and there's Luis Castillo and there's different guys trying to bunt that make you cringe every time they square a bunt because yes, that's the only thing at this point that we want a pitcher to do is just lay down a bunt and advance the runners. Even if there's nobody on, might as well just lay down a bunt. I don't know. I give me a universal DH. I'm tired of all that. All right, Jeff, we've got a lot more ideas on things we can do to uh, kind of help fix the sport and help move the CBA along. But before we get into that, I want to talk for just a minute about betonline.ag. Uh, betonline.ag is the only place that I trust with my uh, sports wagering fun, we'll call it. The, they are kicking off the new year with uh, a march into this NFL playoffs. They've got basketball. They've got casino games they've got ufc they've got all the sports that interest you and they're giving you a way to put a little action on every single one of them and to help you along a little bit if you use the promo code to locked on they're going to give you a 50 percent welcome bonus that's free money from the house for you to uh you know take your sports knowledge and put it to work for you and put a little money in your bank account all at the same time that's betonline.ag using the promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus so head over there today get your bet on fill up your bank account look forward to seeing you there all right jeff let's get back into this talk about uh, how we can fix the cba and move major league baseball in a more exciting direction it's funny because i've done a complete 180 on the 
designated hitter. I was initially against the designated hitter. I'm, I'm, I, I still cling to some of my, my baseball traditionalism and purism, I guess. But the more that I've really sat back and analyzed what's going on in the sport and just looking at, you know, how much time and, and energy is put into perfecting this craft of hitting and then you look at the pitching side of things, how much time and energy is put into perfecting, throwing the perfect pitch and getting all of this break and doing all these things. I think yeah. it's unreasonable to ask these pitchers to, to, to focus on the pitching, but then try and, and hit those things at the same time when they don't put near the time and energy into it that everybody else does. I think from a safety standpoint, I don't want the pitchers in there uh, when they don't know what they're doing. I think from a a professionalism standpoint, let's not put amateurs in every ninth at bat. Let's not do that. Uh, the biggest thing for me was the often talked about strategy of the game. And is there going to be a loss of that? And the, will the bench not be important? And, you know, what about the double switch? And what about all of those things? And what we've seen, especially from David Bell, who has to always be doing something, what we have seen is he finds ways without making a pitching change to make moves happen. Mm. And he's going to play the analytics and he's going to use pitch hitters. And I think that's new, the new baseball. I think that's the new game. So it eliminates it, all of the arguments I had for keeping pitchers in the lineup are gone and and i'm i'm on board give me give me the universal designated hitter so maybe not only baseball traditionalists are crying but maybe david bell's crying too because the part of his job goes away but uh yeah no needed need a universal dh absolutely this year should have happened last year but it was a bargaining chip that both sides saw as a bargaining chip so neither side wanted to give it up so it didn't happen you know, I talk about being a baseball traditionalist or a purist or however you want to label that. And I think that leads us to a part of this conversation that makes me cringe a little bit, Jeff. But I think that baseball is going to have to find a way to get a little bit more exciting for the youngsters. Sure. And I know that that makes some of the old timers want to go shout from the front yard. I understand. I get it. I, I feel it in my heart as well. But, you know, watching some of the things we see in football and the, the excitement and the you never know what's going to happen of the whole thing. I, baseball needs to bring some of that back. And there's some things that have gone by the wayside that have removed some of that energy from the game. I'm talking about things like the hit and run and the stolen base and things that have gone away just because these athletes are so good now. Catchers are so great at throwing out runners. Uh, you can't get a good jump. You, you just it can't be done. Uh, so maybe it's time to make some tweaks to bring some of that energy back. Maybe it's time to have a conversation about changing the size of the bases. Maybe it's even time to have a conversation about making changes to the pitcher's mound in order to put more balls in play. I know gasp. Uh, I think maybe it's time, Jeff. I think it's been what? 130 years since they moved the pitcher's mound. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to look at that because I don't. I think that as a sport, they've got to see what they can do to evolve because for those that don't believe that it is, or for those that still believe, let's put it this way, for those that still believe that baseball is America's pastime, I uh, raise you this past weekend in football. I'm just, I, look, I love baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport. Baseball, far and away, is, I, I love it more than football and all this stuff, but that is my personal opinion. The world, or at least America, which really, America, the world, anyway, 
let's not get into that. Uh, but oh, I can't wait to see your mentions on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they were watching football this past weekend, as was I, and was just the jaw to the floor, loving every minute of it, wanting to figure out exactly how long the Kansas City and Buffalo overtime could last, wanting it to last much longer than it did. You know, I mean, it was just that was one of the best games of football that I ever did see. And because of that, it's, it's very obvious baseball's got to evolve. They've got to figure out some things because the way that they've been doing it these recent years, and lots of that has to do with the current leadership of the sport, but if you can change the sport a little bit, maybe move the fences back. Maybe do what Camden Yards is doing and moving the left field. They're only moving left field. But, you know, in, encourage more in-play in stuff. Because as it is right now, we're talking about Earl Weaver ball. We're talking about we want three-run home runs. We want grand slams. We want to load the bases with walks and hit a home run. That is the way that the, th- that the game is played right now. And if you don't want to see that change, don't do anything. No, you're absolutely right. And and you heard it here first, folks. Jeff wants to take away the moon deck in right field and make <laughs> like, it just, just the home run. You have to hit it to the Budweiser bar if you want a home run. And that's a great uh, that's already a great spot to stand. So let's do that. But but no, it's it's baseball for the longest time has has been preaching this narrative of we need to fix our pace of play problem. And baseball doesn't have a pace of play problem. The The real problem has been all of these other elements of the game are gone so that there's there's periods of nothing happening when a Major League Baseball game, yeah, about three hours. An NFL game is uh, about three hours. An NBA game is uh, about three hours. It's not a pace problem. Yeah. It's not a length of game problem. It's that you need to, as you just said, evolve the game and evolve the sport to make it you know, a little bit more exciting for a greater period of time. Thanks again for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Uh, We are available again on all platforms where you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Click those subscribe buttons so you do not miss any of our episodes. If you're not already doing so, you can follow me on Twitter at S. Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's. We're coming back tomorrow, man. We got Larry Ward from the Chattanooga Lookouts talking lookouts with us and a over 30-year career as the Lookouts play-by-play voice. That's coming up on tomorrow's Locked On Reds. Now go check out Locked On Bets that's free and available just like Locked On Reds wherever you get your podcast. It might be the offseason and we might be locked out. But Steve, what are we? We are locked on Reds every single day. See you tomorrow.